and hear the call. Uh, this is both on podcast as well as on my YouTube channel. It's live every Wednesday-ish. There's some times where the studies will even get, get to me. And and that's fine. There's, that's totally good. That's how it's supposed to be. Because, you know, you hear a preacher say, Oh, I don't know who this message is for. Then he probably should be talking. Because if the message ain't for him, and the way he can now, now give that message out, it's just not a good day. Now, I won't lie. And I am known uh, for lying. If you ask any of my family, I have been notorious, uh, the notorious Pinocchio in the family. Of if you ask my loved ones, I have definitely been Pinocchio, um, and all of it is based on sin, 100%. Me wanting to get by with it, getting away with things, and for me to sit there and tell you that I will never lie again is a lie. You know, that's bottom line. That's the truth. Um, I guess the big thing about people uh, facing the truth is not something people are too comfortable with. Now they say that they do, but they don't. And today is no different. So I know that the big deal, the real big deal that everybody hates is a liar. I get it. I totally understand. I get it. I'm with you. I not bothered by the liar. Probably because, well, being one, when you suffer in your sins, you, you kind of like a crackhead with a crackhead, a doctor with a doctor. There's all sins and we have our sin groups happens the only problem i have is with the hypocrite that's my issue to and again last episode i opened up and let you know about what i learned about my mother as she passed it doesn't change my opinion of her it doesn't change my view of her but it does give me perspective of the length that people will go in either in in both categories one to play the hero to be the hero and two, to protect those that you love from a truth that you think they cannot handle. More so, the truth that they may not want to handle. Now, that's a lot to say in a small a broadcast. It probably takes up about an hour. And if you know me, it's probably going to take a little bit more than an hour. But today, I'm going to try to stay on topic because it's very emotional for me today. Why is it emotional for me today? Because this topic of today... And we just so happened to land right on it. So when I'm going to be out here um, teaching about this, I have to be very conscientious of exactly what the text says and to make sure that I keep my emotions in check. I keep thinking there's something flying around here and I am convinced it is nearby. I'm so sorry. It is just I can't stand flies and we're almost out of fly season you know what that's fine let the fly listen to the lord that's totally okay i'm cool with that the fly gets to live and, and another day to fly so with that being said we've got to talk about the sin because we had sins of the flesh and so right now we're in galatians chapter 5 and we made it to verse 21 and if you've been to the other ones, you know that these go, I've been doing them in pairs, sometimes single, sometimes I bridge, uh, because they're all necessary to see. So let me go ahead and, and put this on the screen. First of all, I want to thank everybody that's tuning in and will tune in. Uh, I love you very much. Um, I know you hear that probably said a lot, but let me tell you something. What God has done for me in these 
last three years has been monumental to me and my growth spiritually, um, especially since I can't do it. You know, that's the best part about all this. I do not have the capacity to affect Eric Miller or who was Eric Miller. One day I'll get to that episode of how the new man works because, frankly, I don't have a clue. I just know a little bit about a little bit and all of what I know is in the Bible. And even that still makes me go, what, what, what am I hearing? But there is a day when, when the spirit tells me we go, we go about to go about his business. We'll do it. But until then, we got to deal with this flesh. And we're not just talking about this flesh today. It just so happens that it never fails in any Bible study. Since I'm unscripted, I don't write down anything. I'd write study notes things for me because i'm studying but when it comes to wanting to bring that to the table want to bring that to the podcast put that here it just doesn't come up why ask the spirit that's above my pay grade i prefer it that way that way i don't have an agenda now i can't say i didn't have that before in the past and i left those videos up for a reason you'll be able to see from ignorance all the way up to i hope is showing some type of growth can I say anything different? Well, the Lord has to make those decisions. I mean, I have my detractors. I have my enemies. As much as I have people that love the Lord that don't rely on my word to be the final authority. Thank God. But they find me reachable. I've been in there. And I've if I could tell my pastor today, because he's at home with the Lord, I would thank him. Because he had said... No one trusts a man that ain't been through nothing. A preacher that ain't been through nothing. He just is clean. And we got a lot of churches in my town. Let me tell you, if I throw a rock at any direction, I guarantee you I will hit one and they've lost sheep. Now, that's not a phenomenon. That's actually quite well known that the people are not going to church anymore. And for one reason or another... Now, I can tell you what the true reason is, because God ain't in there. Let me tell you something. When your sound system is better than your preacher, your church got problems. When your church parking has official people to take your cars, you got a problem. When your church has digital everything and your manager, your manager, you know, that's what he seems like. He's a businessman. That's what they do. They're performing. You know, when when Brother Man has the, he's an, he's an older gentleman. Can you imagine me putting on the old, the, the newer uh, wares that the kids are wearing today. Do you know how foolish I would look? But it's about the rock star, the easy living, the, the I'm going to preach a sermon that will not cover anything that condemns you. Or will get your, your conscience to say, hey, he's right. So we got to rely on who? The Holy Spirit who does the work. And those preachers and teachers, yes. And our brothers and sisters to keep us honest. It takes a village. And that's beautiful. It takes a village to raise us all. Because we're all at each other's what? We, 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 we shoulder to shoulder. Now, contrary to belief, you'll hear this in some circles. You're not accountable to anybody. There is no accountability partner next to you. Or to the right of you. Or to the back of you. You answer to God. David made that clear. I have sinned against God. 
and God alone. So when someone says, Eric, you sinned against me, that's impossible. I have committed a sin, yes, but God is the one who gets sinned all the time. It hits him first. We see the after effects and the thing and the consequences and the repercussions of such when relationships are ruined. It's hard to trust people here and there, and we want to point fang. Let me tell you something. It is easy and definitely fun to point the finger at someone else for saying you did this to me. When the truth is, nobody can do anything to you. Can they take away things from you? Only if you let them take it. Can they destroy your happiness? If your happiness is that easy to be destroyed, then absolutely. Which more than likely happiness is because happiness is a state of mind. But based on circumstances. When circumstances change, what happens to that happiness? I got to go pursue it again. Joy is a consistent, persistent state of mind and soul. That is the peace that Christ gives. Now, one of the things I'd heard a customer this week, of course, I'm not giving out names. It's hard to forgive. And I had to contest with, you, with the older brother. And I said, actually, it's easy to forgive. It's just not popular. Because you want someone to suffer. You want someone to hurt. You want someone to blame for your circumstances. When in the truth is, no one's really looking out for each other. No one's really wanting to go through the Christian life and learn and to and for you two to adjust to each other. You, people forget we're we're Christians colliding with each other. We all come with our biases, we come with our hypocrisies, we come with our addictions, and all of a sudden when you when you get in these relationships, all of a sudden you're expecting perfection from someone who will never reach it until Christ comes back on this earth. Until then, whatever is on that pedestal better be Christ and him alone or you go fall. I get to say gladly, and this is you know very controversial. People don't really like when I say things like this, but I normally say this publicly. I'm so glad I have no role models. I got none. None. Why? Because the role model, guess what? that that's a hard that's a that's a pedestal i look up to this person because of x i guarantee you that x i guarantee their failures coming and what happens when your role model gets takes a hit you feel personally i lost trust in them good i'm glad you needed that to happen so the lord you can understand the lord is true when he says put no faith in man zero not I, Nathan, nothing, not a scintilla, nothing. You cannot add no stock to man. He has to have room to fail because it is an eventuality. It's coming. You will sin. I'm glad to be able to tell you this horrible news, but Jesus said it first. It is impossible for you not to stumble. But woe to who stumble, who come, brings in, comes into your life and causes you to stumble. And that's where we're at today. After we have all these collisions and, for, and for unforgiveness, forgiveness, all these things I just mentioned now all culminate into what? The fruits of the flesh. The reasons why marriages die, 
friendships die whole family members implode when the fruits of the flesh are on full blast and we trust them you know there is not a day that goes by that I am not weeping and crying over my marriage. There's not one day, not one. And you know what? Every day I wake up with a newfound hope. And guess what? Is is that based on anyone else? No. Is that does that is that contingent on circumstances? No. It is based on God. And it has to be. Or I would be as bitter as bad 60-day-year-old coffee left out in the sun. It would be that bad. Why? Because you cannot rely on the things that you normally count on. You cannot rely on these. You barely can rely on these. And then these with your touch can change circumstances all day long. Now, what am I saying? Well, we got to go back to what? We got to go back to verse 13. See, we can't go far in this until we get to that, that finally turned so listen to this for you were called to be free brothers and sisters only do not use whoops there we go this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh all oh, that flesh and let me tell you the flesh needs and wants opportunities to show out and that is that old nature which many of us sometimes lean in too far into and me and maybe try to mingle with the christian life and the two cannot go together that's like marrying that's like a, a devout man marrying a whore not trying to be nasty but and she's willful in it she ain't changing but guess what if there's love god can change that but only him Humanity has no power, no ability. There is no threat, coercion, or loss of something that can make a person change long term. They may, they may do it for a little bit, but they'll fall back into that flesh because that is the comfort zone. As much as people don't want to talk about it, I got to talk about it. The flesh is, is a comfort zone to the sinner. Yeah, it is. It's comfortable to sin. Eric, that sounds right. I'm, look, I'm keeping it real because that's all we've ever known as human beings. We were raised, we got brought, when you were born, you were born in the middle of a war and you still have a hard time trying to grasp the beginning of it and the end of it. Because all you're trying to do is manage, is to not get killed the same the day that you came out. Since then, again, all these biases and circumstances and things that has happened to you and people that, that has been taught to you is all now part of your lifestyle. It's part of who you are. I can tell you something my brother always reminds me of, and it's amazing. I love my brother. He's been more of a father in so many areas of my life that I didn't want to listen to. But you know one of the things he said to me, and well, many things he said to me, one of those is that you have to look at people the way that you want to remember them if they somehow are just gone versus what the last thing they did to upset you. 
Now, that's profound. But here's the thing. Which is easier? The, the last thing that makes you upset. You know, it's not a shock when the Lord says love covers a multitude of sins. I know a lot of Christians, they'll say, well, hold time out. That's not, that's not true because I'm, yeah, love should be that strong, but it's not. It's not when the flesh is involved. Because if I use me as a character study of a failed man, I can say these things. Because the new nature is not those things. That's airy. I can interact with that new nature. It's scant times when I'm in prayer with God. When I'm reading my Bible in context of what it means to say versus what I want the flesh to translate it to. We should always come to the Bible empty and broken. So when we walk away from it, we are what? Full and hungry for more you do not read the Bible to validate you need the Bible and read the Bible to remind of the reprobate flesh is thinking and let me tell you something it is as dangerous and more vicious and more destructive than cancer because it kills absolute there is no treatment for sin it's either killed in Christ or it's, go, or it's going to kill you. Either your sins are on Christ or they're going to be on you. It, that's it. There is no middle ground. It's not a gray area. Again, what does this got to do with all this? This is all important to understand because the fruits of the flesh are powerful. Many of us will struggle in our addictions and our old natures and still trying to find ways to mash it and, and get it together with the new nature. And the two are not compatible. That creates a dissonance that disturbs the character of the Christian. That's why we have this dichotomy. We have this war. Because, let me tell you something. I hate my sin. I hate Eric Miller with every fiber of my being. I hate him. Why? Because he is still, this corpse of a man is still speaking to me every day. And there's times I put my arm in that desiccated corpse skin with the maggots. And this is all spiritual speaking, of course. And then I walk around with it feeling hot and disgusted with it. And then when a customer comes in or someone interacts and I have to pull that flesh off in order to talk with them in the spirit. And it's hard. Because even though, as I'm saying, putting on that desiccated, moth-ridden, uh, maggot-ridden flesh that's foul and smelly. For a brief time, I think I'm putting on a nice warm robe on a cold day. I'm, I'm just snuggled up with the 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 most soft of cottons it it just warms the soul you feel the right amount of weight to feel comforted so you can lounge in your house curl up or do what you do play a video game read a book just watch your favorite movie 
maybe a series somewhere. Maybe sit down with the one that you love. And that nice warm stroll is as disgusting as it is to Christ when God looks at us without seeing through him. And the only reason we know that that really nice, firm and warm delusion is wrong because we see the repercussions of it when we take it off, when we're in prayer and we go, man, I did, I did do that. And my loved ones got hurt by it. And then the loved ones, guess what? They put on that, they put their arms in that nice, warm, comforting, that down and cotton, the best polyester. If your money ain't great, you get that polyester that, that just feels great. You you bought it offline. You bought it on from Amazon's new sale they got today. You know, early prime deals. You get it for two days. And if you get look, I ain't promoting it, but there's some good deals on them. Just letting you know. I got some I got some deodorant. It's like five pack. I paid little or nothing. It's great. But anyway, I'm not plugging because I get paid. I'm just saying there's some good deals on there. Get your money together, get you some good stuff that's necessary. Um, anyway, so when you put on when your person that you hurt, they get to put on, guess what? They get to put on that same comfortable downing polyester, whatever, because they're gonna let you have every bit of why they think you suck. You are a piece of human trash, although the spirit man is quiet on my side as i was wearing it and as they're wearing it their spirit man ain't got nothing to say why because the spirit man don't condemn matter of fact they're on the opposite side they're trying to say can you get out the way so i can love them can you get out the way so i can love them could you take that thing off i need to love on them and that sounds oh eric that sounds so sweet and sad that's exactly the christian life there's nothing in the Bible that you will find that will say, hold a grudge, hold against someone. You throw that thing as far as humanly possible because God has done the same. And when you don't, he don't. Oh, you want to carry a grudge? God has a grudge against you because his grudge is actually righteous. Yours is based on, guess what? that flesh wait a minute you're telling me you hurt me in the flesh yes because the spirit man is untouched by sin and that's the part that i've struggled with for the last oh let's say 2019 till today and i will still struggle after this after this video closes i will still struggle because as much as i hate that smelly jacket it's hanging up right there. And anytime I want to put it on to feel the comfort to condemn, it's right there. And there's some days I hate that it's there because I want to put it on and give back. But let me tell you something. Nobody wins in that. And the process nobody wins. We get to see, look at the flesh real quick here. The extension, the body, the human nature. And its frailties, physically and morally, and its passions, its carnal mindedness. That is the flesh. It is the passions that condemn us, kill us, 
and keep us in bondage. It's what causes people to, uh, to commit adultery and feel justified. It's people that commit adultery and feel like, well, since, I, since no one knew and I keep it a secret, I can have my cake and eat it too. That's because you put that jacket back on and it's comfortable in that delusion. Let me tell you, I have a few jackets in my closet because they those delusions bring comfort. But it's comfort to the flesh. As we say that, guess what? When you're in the flesh, you can't serve one another through love. Notice that. You've been given a freedom, but don't give this freedom an opportunity for the flesh. So, give a good example. Man comes in. Can't stand my ex-wife. Can't stand her. I got custody of my boy, and I'm glad they don't. They ain't seen her in eons. He ain't seen her, and I'm fine with that. How do I take that? For one, I want to put that coat on and say, "Man, I'm with you, dog." Because men get a, a we don't get a fair shake in this. We're just dogs, and we ain't worth nothing. We ain't even worth the bullet. To put in our brains to take us out the world. And there's always some hero that's going to come in. He's male. And come in and just do the job you can. But he brought his own coat. And now he it's just ignored. Because you're the object of that destruction. You're the object of that ire. Ain't no love there. And yet we get in, our, we get in those feelings. And we think that we're justified or worse. We think God is cool with us. How delusional do you have to be to think you can hold something against somebody else and think God is cool with you? Do you know what kind of... I know it's wrong to say, but I'm going to say it. Because we got to look at the definition of it. Because if I don't get the definition of it, I'm going to look like I'm being mean. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't desire to be nasty. I don't. As much as that is part of that old nature, because I say, man, if I'm going to hurt somebody, why not do it good? Why not make an impact? Well, I'm reaping what I'm, what I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I'm reaping what I've sowed on that. But guess what? It's not alone, and it doesn't have to be that way, because i got to let the Lord do his work. But then I also got to remind people, don't you let, remember what the Lord said, don't let the, don't let the sun go down on that anger. You know, the other thing that people don't like is that Christians are about reconciliation. There is no separation. There is no separation that's so permanent because it guess what it does? It makes God look weak. And guess what? He ain't weak. But I tell you what, if I'm an atheist, I should see successful Christian marriages. I see more decimation in the Christian marriage than I do the outside of it. And you know what that has to do with? Christians. You want to know why? Because we have something... And it's a word that will make people very mad when I say it. I ain't trying to be rude or nasty, but we have it. In order to put that flesh on to condemn someone who deserves to be freed and reconciled with because we're stupid. That's right. We're stupid. Now, we're not talking about to be you know, derogatory. We're not trying to say that to put you down. Stupid. Having or showing a great lack of intelligence or common sense. Unintelligent, ignorant, dense, brainless, or cowardly. 
You see, the flesh embodies all of stupid. You know what it does? Let's keep looking at some of these definitions because it'll get it'll get better. Listen to this: unintelligent or slow to mind decisions or acts, acting in an unintelligent matter or a matter based on what passions. Is that not to cope? So, stupid. We make unintelligent, we don't make spiritually intelligent decisions because the flesh is stupid. It's not based on making good decisions. It's based on making it decisions. Or I decisions, I like to say, which means what? Me first. I, this happened to me you did this to me. I deserve. Every time I hear I deserve, I wish I could super kick them or chop them right in the throat. Let me tell you something. Anytime you hear someone say I deserve, you run the other direction because a lightning bolt should be being be almost hitting them but pulling back because God is merciful. Nobody deserves nothing. I'm glad to tell you that. Stand up and be proud of it. I deserve nothing. That's true. Because if you want to use deserve, that means the other person can use it too. Here's a very blunt and very nasty way to look at something. I, I'm a good man. I'm not saying me. I'm trash. I'm a good man. I deserve to be treated this way. Now you got another man who says, I deserve to be treated better and this man thinks he's better than me. I deserve what he has because I have not been given them opportunities. So I'm going to rob something from him. Since he thinks he deserves that woman, I'm going to take her. I'm going to use everything in my power, all the skill sets of the flesh, and take that because I deserve it more than him. See, deserve, it's, it's, it's a funny word. Because under any circumstance, no matter where you put it, it doesn't fit in the Christian life. Because there's nothing in the Christian life that that it will validate. I'm sorry, it won't. Because only way deserve can work in the Christian life is on a few circumstances. I'm glad to tell you that because the fruits of the flesh is all about I deserve. And when you're in Christ... You're saved and you know the new man is there or the new woman is there. The new nature is there. It will refuse to support you and you should feel guilty and nasty for saying I deserve. So let me tell you who deserves. God deserves everything. Okay, that's done. That's the end of the road. I can almost end the conversation there. But your fellow brother deserves love. Reconciliation, respect, that is to be given free. When your brother does you dirty, you give that back with nothing, no interest. You got to show even more love because you got to be able to say, oh, you did me dirty. Whoop! It's got to go out this window because if it doesn't, the flesh, you go put that coat on and get to work. Now, I've segued enough. But as you notice, 
not too far because it says for the whole law is fulfilled in one statement love your neighbor as yourself we go back to 13 but serve one another through love you cannot do those two things in the flesh why because look what paul says in 15 this is an indictment this is a warning but if you bite and devour one another watch out or you will be consumed by one another what does that mean let's look at devour because you know we got to look at it to consume okay metaphor oh no to squander or to waste misappropriate look at that forcibly appropriate to ruin to consume in strong emotions that is a pretty bad thing if you bite and devour one another if I'm going out there committing adultery with another one of my brothers and sisters in Christ if I'm looking at his wife or I'm doing stuff with his wife that is a problem even with my eyes or physically make sure I'm not consumed make sure that I don't lead them to stumble and let me tell you something that flesh is guaranteed to get you to do it now with that said I'm over seven minutes at the 830 mark why this is important because we're about to go to one and one episode should do it but it sh I should get some angry emails and a few things if I step in it the wrong way. I'm trying to be gentle in going it because I get it. So the, listen to this. I say walk by the spirit. You will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. That is very important. That's something we don't have a track record of doing. And some in better areas, but in other areas, no. No one walks perfectly in that spirit. That's why you have got to stay humble and you got to stay away from that deserve. Especially if you're focusing it to what you think you deserve. Because let me tell you, if you think you deserve it, ask God. And you will, he will take you to David. And David will set you straight to say, I deserve nothing. And that man, God says, oh, I love David so much. He's a man after my own heart. Now, if you think somehow you can get around David and God's going to look at you different, you're a lot more delusional than I thought. So listen to this. For the flesh desires what is against the spirit. And the spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other. So that you don't do what you want. I want to condemn somebody. The spirit says, no. I want to give a divorce. The spirit says, yeah, no. I want to cheat on whatever. No. I want to know if it ain't godly, the spirit ain't involved. He ain't bringing you up. He ain't supporting you. He's not building you up. He's not doing anything at that point, but looking at you like, when are you done? Now, the conscience should be wearing you out. There's not a day that doesn't go by that my conscience said, Eric, uh, you didn't try to reach out today. Well, I'm just going to get met with nothing. Doesn't matter what you doesn't matter what happens, it matters what you do. See, a, a simple way to look at the Christian life is based on your reactions, right? But it's also made on your decision making. That's why I say you have the mind of Christ, it's how you think. See, we always think in a sense of consumption. Hell, what you mean by that? We think of things that what's gonna benefit me. I mean, it's natural. Maybe I'm speaking just for myself. But let me tell you something. If I volunteer, if I do something, typically I'm looking at a feeling of 
Gratitude. That's the bare minimum I would expect from someone, right? But Jesus says, don't expect anything. You do it because it is good to do. And do it with people that you that can't repay you. He went a step further. Lend to people that can't pay you back. That way, you know you ain't doing it for ulterior motives. And let me tell you something. Volunteerism, I just learned that reading it about a month ago. There are people who have organizations that take rich children and the rich children pay top dollar to go to uh, countries in squalor and help the community and they pay for accommodations there to do what ease their conscience they pay top dollar to go to a country to serve to feel better about themselves what about them kids the kids get none of that money they may get the benefits of some of that but it ain't nearly what is paid. A lot of those proceeds are kept. It's a business. It's, it, that's the business of volunteerism. Yes, there is some altruism in it. Yes, there are people who care. Yes, there are people who love to serve. And in the same breath, it's still a business. The light's still got to cut on. Still got to make good decisions. When the flesh is involved... It's trying to meet its own desires. When the spirit's involved, it is trying to meet the desires of the Lord. Verse 18, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. You are not subject to the Ten Commandments of condemning. But you are subject to hold them because they are just. God's moral character, he doesn't violate none of them. We violate them on instinct. I might violate that just by getting out, going out. To, to, if I go out to the car and try to go get a water out of there, because I bought these great waters from Dollar Tree. They sell out around town because they're awesome for the for the for the bargain. And if I see someone spit on my door, I, I'm man. They gonna think I'm not Christian. It doesn't take much. But see, my flesh wants to what? Get at them. Who the? Who do you think? My flesh wants to react. That desire is for the flesh. The spirit says forgive them. Keep it pushing. And it may seem like. Well what's the payoff right? Well there is no payoff necessarily. That's what you're supposed to do. Because the new nature wants to do. So now with that said. Watch how I deserve works. And watch how the flesh works in those desires to work on that same process now the works of the flesh are obvious sexual immorality i deserve this thing met moral impurity i deserve to have say so on what i am promiscuity i can do and deserve this in whatever fashion idolatry i deserve a god that will support my ideas and feelings, even when the Bible says that they're not to be done. Sorcery. I want to be able to weave a narrative to where God is totally okay with what I'm doing and there is no real repercussions at any length of time or immediacy or things that don't change because God knows my heart. You ever hear it all the time, right? Oh, God knows my heart and he knows that you're living in that flesh. And he knows you're lying on him because he ain't cool with none of that. Let one of your children come in and do what you do and see as a parent you'll let that slide. If you do, 
then that ain't God you watching. If you can hold, harbor, and let loose your anger and not your love with equal or better fervor, and God ain't, ain't demanding, hey, whoa, whoa, time out, you need to make sure that is met with some love. It ain't good. Hatreds, you want to feel justified in how they treated you. I ain't giving out that love. I ain't ready yet. Well, God, I ain't ready to give you that love yet either. I ain't, I'm, I'm holding that back from you. Guess what? God can't do that. We need to go to Isaiah 59. Where he says that what? I can't approach you because your sins cut you off from me. How can God look at you without Jesus? And then when he's looking at you, how do you go act foul and basically say, well, Jesus, I am, since I am in Christ, it's okay that my attitude is this way. How? What? Does that not sound like that word that I said that everybody, I'm pretty sure nobody's going to like? Does that sound stupid? Yes. Because it is an unintelligent answer. You didn't think about it. You were definitely dense, and you didn't care about what? You definitely weren't trying to figure out how or why you shouldn't have said that. But it gets worse. Strife, the desire to keep up grudges, separations, think I don't like him. I'll never like him. He did me dirty 20 years ago. There he is again. He's a son of a... Yeah, we like that too. Strife's are fun and they feed the flesh because you can feel self-justified vindicated i was treated this way so i can now treat them back even though god demands and commands i can't but see that goes back to idolatry and sorcery since you made your own god and since you are weaving that narrative you get to keep up your hatreds and you keep the division up but it doesn't get there. Then there's jealousy. What if you see someone else's marriage or somebody else's friendship or somebody else's promotion or whatever have you. And they done way worse. And God's just just pouring buckets of blessings on them. It seems like he can't keep getting enough blessings on them. And you're like, time out. Wait a minute. I'm the one that got done. Ah. Ah. You know, there's something that I got to tell you that I think is a beautiful thing. All these flesh things work together because if you believe that you can do those things daily and you don't feel a, a you don't feel any prickling. More than that, there hasn't been credible change. We're you're in a lot worse state because I'm gonna tell you something. There has to be marked differences. You gotta see them. It doesn't matter what everybody else sees. That, that, look, that's the truth. I can examine your life and go, well, that ain't changed. That don't mean I'm right. But you've got to recognize what self-awareness. Am I still doing the things that I struggle with? And is my struggles equal to my desire to stop it? That's coming up. That's, we still get to that point because guess what? If your your struggles, sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy oh outbursts of anger are those things still present are there still battling posts for you are those beachheads where god has sit there and wage war against you again to stop them well then we got to wonder why are you hanging on to them so much
What causes you to fight against God so hard when he's supposed to be who you love and he's supposed to be your king and master? You know what happens if you told, if your master told you to clean the shoes and you said, look, I just, I, I think that since I cleaned them yesterday, the fact that you went out traipsing or worse yet, someone threw mud and they went through the window and now you want me to clean them again? It's not my fault. You know, you'd get the lash, if not worse. We tell God that stuff every day. Oh, God, I'm going to do what I want. I do. And you know what? You understand my heart. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do it. And when you do the promiscuity, the idolatry, the sorcery, the hatred, the strife, the jealousy, the sexual immorality, the moral impurity, the promiscuity. And if God has not changed any of those things, even the desire to do them, you're a lot worse shape than we thought. Because let me tell you, I got a checklist. The things that I'm like, man, I am struggling in these things. Father, this helped condemn my marriage. And you know, a lot of them check boxes are checked off. I can see some celebration. Now, anybody else sees them. Because guess what? They're not here. They're not in my daily life. You know, I can still, t I still tell my people, I ain't a good man. But that I do that, so guess what? Don't ever put me on no pedestal because I'm trying to find the ladder to get off. And if I can't find the ladder, I'm diving. I will let someone down. It is inevitable. All I can do is hold the line. And that is what is important to do. Is that not giving more than you should? No, that's basically making sure you ain't lying to somebody that you can do something you can't. There's a lot of placebos in the world. But ain't it better to tell the truth? Look, I probably won't be able to do it. And when you can do it, amen. But you got to be careful. Because in doing those things, all these, these fleshly things are at work. And guess what? When you get to the outbursts of anger, that's self-explanatory. We all got rage. Let me tell you from experience, that dark castle is in now. It's in rubbles. But I'm still trying to find this. Remember, this is me being honest with you. I'm trying to way to build those bricks back up and God keeps knocking them down. And I'm learning that I don't even get that far anymore. Because by the time I see them first few bricks, I'm scattering them because I don't want it. This is a daily fight. Minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, month by month, year by year. I kid you not because I, I understand we're at war with that flesh. If any of these things are happening in your life, you don't bring someone else in it and you don't allow someone that comes in your life that brings it to you. What's the worst thing? And I use marriage a lot because the God uses marriage as a good point of reference because it is the sovereign truth of him. When you see a fractured marriage, you see two people who are stupid. Yes, it's controversial. I agree. It may sound unfair. I agree. But unintelligent decisions were made and the flesh was acted on. Tell me which one of these in a marriage that the flesh did not validate. Which one of these things happened in a marriage that made somebody make a stupid decision to end it? This was once they made a stupid decision to commit that flesh. So now the flesh made the decision and the flesh made the second decision and both were just equally as stupid but yet we're standing on them as if God allowed it to happen. Well, God did allow the separation of marriage, 
The problem is, the only way we don't want another to get out is someone's got to die. Otherwise, they stay single. And that's the end of the road. There is no dating. There's no flirting. It's if, if you want to do that, then you reconcile. See, that's why you don't enter marriage very quickly. Because God warned you when Christ said, count, count the cost. Before you do this, count the cost because the cost is high. Now, you think everybody likes to peddle Jesus to be Gandhi on steroids. Just Mother Teresa on steroids. Truth is, he's nothing like them. Nothing. And there's a reason for that. Because Christ don't break his word. Christ keeps it funky Christ will tell you you don't get by with it and why would you want to he tells it like it is do you know how many times I wanted to pedal and say man I can't stand what happened in my marriage I can't stand and when the Lord's sitting there going why were you why are you saying all that when you know you want the opposite I know father I just can't. that's every night I'm just using men as an example so you know that I ain't, a, I ain't trying to be no hypocrite here I'm telling you all these things here, I have done. And I'm talking about, I made a God that was righteous and allowed me to just beat down folks. Championing, the, championing my ways. This is, this is false. And then, guess what? We get the selfish ambitions. Ooh, that I deserve. Ooh, that deserve. Matter of fact, I think we must look up. I deserve because it deserves a looking. Did you see how I put that in there? Yeah. I mean, I ain't smart, but you see how I did that? So let's go to I deserve. And we're going to look at that definition. If my computer likes to work with me. And anybody that's watching this, I thank you for being patient. And thank you for listening. Because let's be honest. Uh. Uh, I can be pretty harsh and smeary, but I promise you, it's not because I'm trying to upset you. I'm just trying to tell you, that, look, you got to look at life and look at yourself as hard as you can because sometimes you go have people in your life that just won't do it for you because they love you and they want you to feel better, so they lie to your face. But listen to this. Deserve. Do something or have or show qualities worthy of reward or punishment. What a great word to use here. Because again, when it's in the flesh, you want that. I deserve to be treated this way. Yeah, I get it. But are you treating someone else that way? Not only consistently, but persistently, which means it hasn't stopped. Well, how do I, you got to stop that if you get beat up. I, I, I get that. But see, that's where Christ is saying, hey, you need to count the cost. Because when you follow me, that constant and persistent, I'm expecting it from you and more. Remember when Christ told the Pharisees, now remember when someone's inquiring to him, and he said, you see those Pharisees, you see how fastidiously, it's a big word for me, how they was fast, they're fastidiously uh, guarding and doing everything in the law, including the stuff they added on. This is what Christ said, you're going to have to do more than that. In order to even think about trying to walk into heaven. So imagine he set the bar so high. 
That's why it's easy to say you're a Christian until you he took, he brings them sandals out and said, "All right, put that left foot in." And, no, you mean the right foot out? No, no, no. Right foot goes in. Because consistent and persistent is what your flesh does every day. Your faith is inconsistent and in some cases irrelevant. Because the flesh is dominating. Paul wouldn't have wrote about these things if it wasn't happening and true. You got to understand your flesh is all we've ever had that defended us and vindicated us. And the whole time we're harming ourselves, someone else, most importantly God. And them selfish ambitions, that's just another way to justify that behavior. That is just a way to justify that behavior. That's all it is. Nothing else. That's how that works. You see, when we're thinking about the things of God, when we're thinking about how his mind, which I'm not going to sit here and play the act like I know it, but when he's looking at a situation, it is about consistency. Since we do very little things good indeed, we can do so with spiritual convictions, which are emotional connections worth defending. And that's a shoreline you should be willing to die on. Unfortunately, we don't seem to have too many folks that want to do it. And I'm going to go ahead and raise my hand and get it out the way. Because I have to. Because I'm not so good at doing those things. Just being honest. I struggle at it. Sorry about that. I struggle at it. Struggle at it daily. I'm just so glad to report that I, I make sure that it is not in my strength. That I try to muscle it out because I'll fail. And see that selfish ambition... Leads to those dissensions. Look at that nice beautiful word. Division. The sedition. The what? The promotion of disregard. Because see, authority and what God says in his word. And if it's, it, it, it disagrees with how you feel. You got to find people that have the same likewise feeling of you in order for you to justify that action. That, that says idolatry. And sorcery, that's that narrative. But even more than that, you got to have a faction. You got denominations, baby. You got everybody. Look, there's 45,000 and counting. There is a church for you that triggers and teaches to your set of values and beliefs that on the other side of town, they're in not in accordance and they're completely separate. And, and that's what it is. I like going to this Walmart than that one. Why? Well, they got different people, but the standards are different. Oh, I like that Dollar Tree than this Dollar Tree. The manager's not as strict, so I want to go over there where I can languish. And it, it happens all the time. That's why we have Christ who doesn't care about what the human condition is in that area. He cares about the behaviors of his own, and the behaviors are those that, what? He's calling to say, hey, man, don't continue to sin. Don't continue to be at war with God. It is un." necessary and it's not beneficial to your soul and the peace that you desire you're looking in the wrong direction you're looking in the flesh when the flesh can't offer you nothing but death 
me ask you something. Has your flesh rewarded you in a way that you didn't feel miserable afterwards? How come when you do something that that's really benefiting to you, you feel guilty? Why is it you disagree with something that logic you can't disagree with? Well, there is something that you do when you envy. And what is, what is it's not jealousy. Because envy is spite. Oh, spite. Oof. You ever spited something? That's a harsh. That's like a. That's like a heart attack. That's like a stab in the chest. It is something so painful, but it's directed towards someone else. Imagine getting sick because you are disgusted by someone else. Christ couldn't do that. Did you count the cost to say that? I, hey, that's not what my people do. Matter of fact, Christ said, you'll know my people by how much they love each other. Ooh, somebody come hang out with me for a day. You're going to think maybe love is absent. Maybe Christ just meant that as a, a suggestion because it's hard. Because one, I'm struggling giving it out. Let me tell you something. My heart was as granted as you can get. It was, I, in some cases, I think it was gone. I think it was well. It was dead. I'll use the word again. Desiccated. It was just shriveled up. It, it looked like kind of like this Aaron's leather bag. It looked, if you can see this, it's like just, just full of. It was just nothing much to it. it. It ain't got no blood in it. Nothing. And Christ came and brought it to life. But He gave it the spiritual life that He breathed in the Adam that each one of us have, and that's what that new nature is breathing on. But you know something? When you spite something, but, but, when the promiscuity and the impurity and the sexual immorality and the hatreds and the idolatry and the sorcery and the strife, the jealousy and the outbursts of anger and the selfish ambitions and the dissensions and the factions and the envy, when all of those things your spirit man is clo closing his ears and his eyes can't see it because he refuses to sin. There's only one thing that can stop the Holy Spirit from echoing to you. Stop acting this way. And that is the word that we, I've been trying to dig up to this time because I had to set up because what the next word is, is drunkenness. Oh, drunkenness. Now, don't feel too bad because sorcery is right up there. It's it's it, the only difference between sorcery and drunkenness is sorcery has a lot to do with poisoning. It really does, and building that fake god with idolatry. It builds the rituals and the belief systems that many religions call bylaws and the Westminster catechisms and all that crazy nonsense. You got Islam in their books. You got Mormons in their books. You got all, you got the Watchtower and all of that. You got Universalism and got everything in there. There is a sorcerer weaving his narrative or her narrative. And guess what? In some cases, when you get to the cults, now you start dealing with chemicals of, I'm robbing them of these key nutrients that can make their mind too strong. So we got to make it pliable. We got to be able to mold them and do what I want. Well, when all those things are absent, 
and you're just not the you're not that kind of person. Well, then you go to drunkenness, because that's gonna what? It's gonna ease the pain. It's temporary. You even can block some stuff out. You may even be able to act in a way that you think looks as pious as ever. You may have fun. You may be a cool drunk. You may be excitable. You may be the life of the party. You may be more relaxed. You're more, But all of that is superficial. All of it is a lie. And it's all based on the flesh wanting to do what? Keep sinning. And when the spirit is too loud, I need to drink something so that spirit man, I can't hear him anymore. I got to get the flesh to be louder. And let's say God don't raise his voice. If he did, our flesh would fall off. and We'd blow up and disintegrate into nothing. Even nothing would be nothing. But we're in the flesh. We're still interacting with this world. Southern demons don't know how to do unless they get in something. And we ain't talking about the Hollywood movies. When they get in something, it's pretty clear. And no, they ain't got no power to do anything to harm the Christian in a way that, guess what? God doesn't allow for it to be tested. Sorry, evil does not win. I'm sorry that narrative that Hollywood has put together with the omen and all that. I'm sorry. Much like Harry Potter, that is as fake as it gets. Evil has never won, and it is an impossibility for it to win. Because it's not about evil. It's about decisions. You see, if the demons that did get in you have you make decisions, guess what? you still have a decision to make. And we're not talking about those who are afflicted with mental illnesses. Those kind of abnormalities, they didn't deserve that at all. That is the nature of sin warping everything in this reality. Death is everywhere. The body's dying. The mind is dying. The, the universe is slowing down. Look in science manuals. Look online. They can't figure out why Particles are breaking down. Why is the universe slowing down? What is wrong with things degrading the way that they do? Death entered. Before death, you don't have to worry about you don't have to worry about dust. You had dirt. You ain't had to worry about human flesh. You don't have to worry about rust. You didn't have to because we never got far enough to see what was supposed to happen. Was there a transition that wasn't death? We don't even get to do that. There ain't enough sci-fi that can make up something like that. That's why the last horizon, the last crossing is death. And one man conquered it. Not only did he conquer it, he tapped it out. Death now is a transition point. It's the lubricant to the next reality, which is what? Judgment. Because you will have an eternal body for hell or heaven. No middle ground because you're in it right now. And the middle ground is a battleground and there's winners and losers. Unfortunately, the winners and losers, the perceptions are wrong. Because God wants you to be the winner. And he wants the loser to be the same things that always has been, which is the devils. He wants sin to be the loser, not you. Imagine how the Christian feels when he has to apologize for a race of people that are enamored 
and excitable and defensible of what? Their flesh. It's hard. Let me tell you something. Look at that word. Meath. Meth. Looks pretty close. Look at that. Meath. It's apparently drunk. Intoxication. It is true. It is the real deal. It ain't good. Let's look at some derivatives. All right, I'm about to tear it up. Methystamine. Yeah, I tore it up. I agree. To cause change of position, to remove, to transport, to transfer, to meet, to cause, to change size, to pervert, to mislead, to remove, or dismiss, or discard. Scheming. Craftiness. Notice all of these words. Look, look at Methusco. I can do that one. Methodea, I can sort of do that one. To inebriate, to make drunk, pass, to be intoxicated, to be drunk, to drink freely. The drunkard, the drunken, intoxicated, and drunk. Notice all of these have one thing in common. Look at all the things up here that that word is derivative of. Uh-oh, we still can go a little bit further if I can get this to communicate. Look at that. To remove all the look, look at this one right here. Wild and scheme, craftiness, just not good. You ever notice? And I, again, I ain't pointing fingers. We just talk about reality. When you're dealing with addictions like this, now this goes for anybody with pills, with pain pills, all of those things. I felt and experienced every single one of them. I can tell you, I would scheme to get my way. Didn't hesitate to do it either. I didn't feel guilty or bad because I was satisfying the flesh. It only came after the repercussions came that I realized, damn. And even with the repercussions, I persisted. And I insisted. And I was consistent in both. Equally damaging. Nobody else forced it. It was all me. What did God do? Slam that door. Took the door handle off. I can't find the door anymore. It's gone. I can say I'm free. I can say that. A lot of people can't. And that's not a, 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 a disparage against them. Everyone has something that God has freed you from. And something that is still left behind. And that thing that's left behind is to continue to get you to bend that knee. Paul says, I had a thorn that I begged three times for the Lord to take it. And it's what? It's what, what, what God has left in the Christian that Satan uses, like pulling on a jackpot, whoop, pulling that thing down. And you're just, you can feel the handle. You can feel his gross grip until you realize it's your hand. He's just telling you, pull it down. One more spin with whatever you got going on. Hey, God will understand. God always understands. Go ahead and just pull it. I may lose out. I may do this thing. Yeah, but guess what? It's temporary. You're saved. What harm would it do? You're doing it to yourself. You've earned it. You deserve to be relaxed. Go ahead and pull it. But it's not godly. I know, but since you're saved, that's a, that's a non-starter. Don't worry about it. You just, look, say, I forgive me, Father, and then go get your drink. Go get the pill. Go get whatever is going to help you stop listening to the Holy Spirit and just relax, baby. You know, when Al Pacino, oh man, it's a motion movie too. 
and uh, the devil's advocate. You know, when he said, uh, I never judged him. I didn't treat him unfairly. I never judged Adam for wanting what he wanted. That kind of kind of left out that he enticed him. But the truth is, Adam made that choice. Eve made that choice. That's exactly right. They leaned into that flesh, that powerful flesh, to where, guess what they did? They leaned into moral impurity. They leaned into idolatry. They leaned into envy. They leaned into selfish ambitions. Notice that. Didn't take much. And then they leaned into dissensions and factions when Adam said, well, it was that woman. God, it's your fault because you gave me that woman. I went to sleep single, woke up married. Hey. That, that's that dissensions and factions. Might even be a little bit of hatred. Hey, man, now look. It's not my fault. I named the animals right. And you see the animal around crazy. They doing what they supposed to do. How you going to put that on me? Exactly, Adam's flesh really talking. Let's protect myself from her. Even though he was there, he could have slapped that apple away. He wanted an apple, but slapped that fruit away. Might have been a fig. Probably more likely a fig. You know, slapped it away. He didn't do that. He was like, let me want some, want some of that. That tastes good. Much like beetle nut, it tastes, it's the effects that taste, it, well, that, the effects and the passions and that feeling of I've done wrong. And why does wrong fill the human spirit? Well, because the human spirit is dark. And crime, or doing things knowingly, knowingly, know that God does not approve. Not only does he not approve, it hurts him to see you do something that has spiritual destructive repercussions. That's like me walking to the police station, standing outside, picking up a brick, and the first officer I see, I throw it as hard as I can because Black Lives Matter. The repercussions will be swift. I did an outburst of anger that was isolated to what? My moral choice and hatreds. See, the flesh, I, be, I led up to this point to tell you the flesh is loud. Drunkenness is the one of the greatest things the flesh has ever experienced. It's one of them. And it's also the sin that brought sin to flourish even more. What do I mean by that? Do you remember when the flood subsided? What did Noah do? Let's take a look. I've already went past the, the, the time mark. So now I'm just going for it. I know I, that's wrong. I know y'all got things to do. But if you can indulge me a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit more than just a little bit maybe a lot but as you see here this is when the flood subsided the first pigeon went across and said hey man it's alright because he didn't come back and Noah trusted that and then the boat steered itself because guess what it didn't have an oar it didn't have a steering wheel it didn't have what it didn't have sails He nowhere in there did you see that he needed you to build Noah builds you a nice 
nice steering wheel. Make sure you put some oars or something in the back so it can move. And make sure the sails are made of what? No. God steered that thing. It what? Well, Eric, it was inevitable to run into land. Then how does see how does ships go astray? Because it's not inevitable. Well, it's inevitable they'll find land. Maybe. But look at this. So God gives out the promise that he will never again drown man. He also, I'm sweeping through this for sake of time, but definitely go read it. He also said, if you shed man's blood, it is, guess what? God is going to do it. And he says, I will never again swallow the world in, in water, but it will be consumed in fire. And one of, the, one of the most combustible things that everything is made of that can burn and flash at the drop of a hat. And we don't, we, we try to smash them and split them, the atom. The one thing that holds it all together that can make an explosion greater than a nuclear weapon. Then God says, I, I, I'm not done. You, the new human race, humans 2.0 if you might say, are going to come from your three boys. So the three boys going right out there. That's Ham, Shem, and Japheth. Them Noah, Noah's boys. Now them three is where all the nations came from. So you want to be racist, you got to go back to them three dudes and say, man, it's y'all's fault. Who did what? Doesn't matter. That's the human race right here. They came from Shem, Japheth, and Ham. So with all that, guess what? All the, Look at this. These are the family records, the table of the nations. Look at that. We got so much stuff going on in here. So much stuff is going in here. Great. And as we keep reading, there is a problem that happens in here. And for the sake of time, we have to go back and see. But something happened. And when it happened, it wasn't good. So what happened was Noah got drunk. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He got drunk. And when he got drunk, his boys found him. And when the boys found him, it was a sin to see your father uncovered. Look at this. Noah's sons who came out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were Noah's sons, Noah's boys. And from them, the whole earth was populated in three boys. Noah, as a man of the soil, began planting a vineyard. Hold, hold, hold up, man. Wait a minute. He's already making wine? He wasn't a carpenter, but he was a saw man. Look, he, God had to tell him how to do something from Home Depot without the nails and the hammer. But Noah, he could make a wine valley. Notice... We don't hear about him really making the food because that's a given. You know, we're going to grow this, we'll grow that. But he made sure he had that vine field. You know, that, that had some, just as much love as the corn and anything else they were growing. But he made that vineyard. And listen to this. He drank some of the wine and became drunk. Sekar. Sure, I didn't butcher that too much. But look at that. Notice the same thing. Drunk. Intoxicated. Figuratively and, and, and practically and literally. Now listen to this. He drank some wine, became drunk, uncovered himself inside his tent. You ever hear the people like, I got drunk and I got naked? Notice that, that there is a, there's, some, there's some validity to that. 
Because one of the things that humans have to understand is that when you take your body off, we take the clothes off. Not say you take your body off. We take the clothes off. It is a shame. It brings shame. Why do you think pornography is such a bad word? Not just because it's grotesque and it's what I suffer through. So trying to stay away from those things, it's hard. You know, YouTube has truly helped me in a lot of ways. And I believe that's why the Lord allowed that to grow. Because it keeps me away from things outside of that. Where my eyes can see and go, oh Lord, I would like, okay, look, let me, -uh, let me turn that off. It's everywhere. The less you wear, the more the, in the you become an influencer. Man can build his body up, look just perfect. Man, that's a handsome brother. He's chiseled like the gods. That woman, either she has it naturally or she bought it. And guess what? The less they wear, the higher they rise. The more clothes on, uh, you're on Pinterest. <laughs> you know, something like that. You might be on Facebook, maybe on there. Um, but then you got little groups that you can go to. So, you know, it ain't really that. You might be on MySpace if that still exists. But the more clothes you got on, the less influential. Matter of fact, go to Amazon and look at their influences. Only the men are dressed, but the men are dressed in some, some hipster stuff that sells stuff to, you know, for every people that wear stuff, they that's their audience. And then you got the women... And they're, they're dressed well. I give it to them. They look nice. And much like the men, just as plastic as you can get. Not for what they're wearing, but they're at a pedal. And that's their job. I got no problem with that. The issue comes when, and guess what? When it becomes an excess and you feed that need. Those people are on 24 hours a day. Now, they may have different streams, but they, they keep in that buying habit 24-7. Because there's an addiction somewhere in there. The, the quest for new things. That can be loud as well to listen to the Holy Spirit to say, no, let's be financially responsible. You know, there was a point where I was buying Bibles every other week. I was going to the Christian bookstore, which is about as dangerous as being on a SWAT team. And guess what? I was buying all the new Bibles. They all said the same thing, but they all had somebody's opinion in there. And I didn't realize there's only one. You had different translations. So you don't need all that extra. Sure, you can look at people's opinions all you want. You best not bring that to the Bible. That's why you'll never see a commentary of what I think. That, that doesn't belong. The Holy Spirit does that. It's not to be commented on. It's to be taught. And guess what? And practiced. We need to put it on, put it into practice. When we fall apart, we got to go back to practice, put it back out. This is that constant take back and forth. Now, what happens if you keep doing that, but you don't feel the satisfaction, which is what I like to call, because you're at a dope sick where you're not just taking the drug in order to get high. You're taking the drug to maintain. Well, we have sin sick. That's what Christians have when the Holy Spirit's demanding because God commanded, and we simply don't want to do it. And when the right thing is evident, you cannot get enough. You, you can't block them all out. Because God is saying, you're in error. Pick up the phone. Make this happen. I refuse. Remember that? Doesn't matter anymore. You forgive it, and let's get back to business. Well, you got to be able to quiet that down somehow. Unfortunately, it's drunkenness. What is, what's interesting about drunkenness that 
is it really so bad? Is it really so bad? Not the fact that it kills people every year. There's drunk drivers. There's liver damage. That killed two of my relatives in a small amount of time. And here's the thing. They got off, got clean, then died. They had less life being sober than when they were drunk. That was my uncle. And that, it's hard to talk about. Because it seems almost unfair. So, he, he spent... 35 years drunk but 6 years saved and those 6 years he had a better life and a life that's permanent with God than he did for 35 years of being drunk every single day every day that I saw him every single day I saw him he was drunk I'm talking about every time there's not one not a funeral not a family reunion that my uncle was not drunk and we're not talking about just drunk. We're talking about drunk. Put two U's and two N's and a K. He got saved. Instantly, it's like God just removed it from him. You know, there were times he still had that taste. Because you're still in the flesh. It's still calling when that, that reality of serving God becomes loud. And what I mean by loud when God says... It's a good time to pray. You know, it's a good time to tell me what's on your mind right now. Uh, yeah, your wife called. You didn't answer the phone. Why? You need to pick up the phone, call her back. But God, she made me so upset. Doesn't matter. That's your wife. You love her. Let's, let's go ahead and call her. That's your son. It's your daughter. You know, you haven't spoken in a while. I know the things have passed, and I understand because I was there with you the entire time. But now that you're saved and I've forgiven you. And you need to forgive them. And you need to try to reach out for a relationship. Uh-oh. It stopped. I think my microphone just stopped. There it is. You see the, see the devil trying to do work? It didn't work. See? It, you saw it right there. So anyway. You know, when the law is talking like that. Eric, I need you to not go to that website. Do not open Instagram. I need you to not post there. I need you. Lord, it's okay. I got people that's that's attacking uh Christians and I gotta get after them reformed. That 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 that's not what we're here for. I, I get pointing out false teachers, I get that, but you're spending more time scrolling than you doing posting and typing. Oh, this is terrible. This is terrible. I can't drink anymore. I used to. I have the last beer I I bought a four pack. Uh, those little specialty IPAs. I got one left. It's been in my been in my refrigerator, and it's been there since the end of the pandemic. No, the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, no, middle of the pandemic. I got it around. I think I'm around. Oh, my birthday. Around my birthday. I remember that. Yeah, around my birthday. Now I got three down, but that last one, I couldn't. I had no longer a taste for it. And here's the part that, here's the kicker that I realized that trusting God in these situations and loving God in these situations. You know, when you hear the Bible say, taste me and know that I am good. Have you tried the sweetness of God? Have you experienced and been in God? Have you lavished and, and, and languished 
in the presence of God and lavished others with his grace and mercies? Have you spent time enjoying God? When those things start to come up, that, that beer became no longer important. Does it call some days? But you know what's not happening? I'm not going in that refrigerator to get it. And it's right in arm's reach. I don't throw it away. There's no need. Well, out of, out of sight, out of mind. That doesn't work that way. Not for me. It may work for you. For me, it needs to be there. It serves a reminder that my birthday sad alone or not does not change the circumstances that I'm a child of God and I got to remind myself of that every birthday every day tomorrow morning tomorrow evening in the middle of a repair doesn't matter I got to remind myself but see that drunkenness the drunkenness allows the flesh to be heard more than God and to think that Noah experienced true mercy and grace the entire human race was wiped out and he built the very first altar on look it wasn't it was God never taught him how to do anything he did that to show God I love you. Now there may have been some things that God says about. We don't know. But he built that of his own accord. And God said. Oh that Noah. He appreciated. He got it. He got it so well. He went to a vineyard. Got drunk. Took his clothes off. Then Shem and Japheth took a cloak. And placed it both over their, shoulder, over their shoulders. And walking backward. They covered their father's nakedness. Look at them boys. If you want to know where Canaan got the curse, you're about to find out. They respected their father because that shame that Adam and Eve had when they tried to cover themselves with leaves and God said it's not good enough that I got to provide the sacrifice. Here is that blanket that had to come from some place, some animal, and now they're walking in backwards. They didn't want to disrespect their father. They loved and respected their father. And guess what? His drunkenness was not going to be a reason for them to sin or to go now. Here he is a drunk again. They didn't see he was naked. But you know who did? Of course it's not working with me. Hold on. Let me get there. But you know who did? Oh, when Noah woke from his drinking and learned what his youngest son did. What you mean his youngest son? Listen to this. So Shem and Japheth took a cloak. So that left Ham, the father of Canaan. Saw his father naked and told his brothers outside, Oh, there's that damn drunk. There's our father once again drunk. He took his clothes off. What a what an open shame he is to me. What a disgusting. Now everybody like to say some if some things happen sexually. That ain't what it said here. He said, I saw my father. When you see someone that you love, imagine seeing your mama passed out drunk and naked in the room and your friends are over y'all playing the playstation what's going to happen you know how much shame brings and that comes in that man your mom ha, ha, just i mean think about that child now you got to go in there and who want to see their mama naked i just eh, eh. no not old ham 
No respect. None. I was that drunk. Then he told his brothers. And what did his brothers do? Went in there. Tried to do the right thing. When Ham did it. Look at that. That's why Canaan is cursed. That's why what? The Israelites have taken that land. Canaan. A very prosperous land. And Ham got cursed by his own father. Why? Why? Because he wanted to see his father's shame. At least Noah went into the tent and kept it to himself. Look, was it wrong to be drunk? Yes. He kept it in there. That, that is an evidence of what? If don't cause another to stumble. That's some evidence of keep that stuff in how let God deal with you. Keep it behind closed doors. Now you don't relish in it and you don't continue to woohoo. You got to get that repaired. But God going to do that for you in here. And when you come out, he ain't going to justify it. And you're not going to come out going, yeah, I still can do it. It's another. There's some shame and some tears that need to be having in some mourning. Not celebration. But old Ham shows that side of humanity that is there. To point the finger, I don't suffer with you, hot. So guess what? You suck. I've been the one pointing fingers to say, since I got over this and you still hanging on to that, ha ha ha. What if, but just because God took that from me, doesn't mean that he didn't take that from someone, that he left it in someone else. But see, in my judgmental state, in my flesh, I thought I was living right. Because I could point the finger and judge. I ain't suffering with that anymore. But then the same finger can say, but you suffering with that. And I don't suffer with that anymore. And now you got this peeing contest. And now the flesh is doing what? It goes all the way back to what Paul said in Galatians. And this is where I'll let you go. But we got to go there because I think it's fitting. Thank you, Father, for going all the way back to where the Lord said this. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out or you will be consumed by one another. Amazing how the Holy Spirit can wrap all that back up. Because knowing my crazy self, I would have kept going. But we come to a definitely a must-needed end. Because if not, I'll keep y'all here till tomorrow morning. YouTube will cut it short. I won't be able to upload nothing. Because look, you can't, op you can't upload 50 hours. There's a limit. But anyway, I love you very much. Um, I hope you know I'm praying for you. I hope you know that anyone that watches this video... Anyone that sees this, this is not an indictment against anything. If there's anything I want you guys to understand is that God is merciful. God is loving. God is kind. Those things are inexhaustible. But we cannot, we cannot live on the justification by what? By the condemnation of someone else. We've got to learn that in Christian life, Reconciliation trumps condemnation all day long. Jesus is in the reconcile business, not in forgive and then I'm gone. That ain't how that works. That's why we're called brothers and sisters. Family stay together. We don't depart. And it is so, I, I'm going to be honest here. This sounds a little judgy. I'm going to be honest. I'm disgusted. The fact that it's people are empowering others. Oh, just get divorced. Just end that friendship. Just quit that place. Just oh, it's about you, dude. Just do 
if I could chop them in the Adam's apple just to get that other person to be quiet. Very similar to what Paul said here. When he says, I wish those who were disturbing you might also mutilate themselves. I wish that would, that would happen to them. I wish they would shut up and do look, mess up your stuff. Don't mess up stuff over here. And then they cause someone to stumble and then God gets after them. Oh, I can tell you a lesson in that one, but yeah, that's not a good lesson. Let me tell you something. And I think I said this before in a minute. I'll let you go. I promise I'll let you go. There are two dangerous rules that you need to understand in the Christian life. And those outside, it still is in effect. I don't make the rules. I just understand that they're based on justice and truth of God, right? So, the two rules are simple. God ain't mocked. You may call it irony, karma, great, whatever. Whatever helps you feel better. Fantastic. I ain't here to, not going to shame you, but I'm telling you, God ain't mocked. And there is a sense of, you can say it's a sense of humor, but yeah, you kind of get what you get. When, you, when you're sitting around pointing fingers and your stuff is dirty, your stuff increases that's dirty. It never, it always happens that way. Oh, you want to curse him? That curse comes back bigger. Because you cannot curse what God has blessed. It don't, and the person that cursed it, much more heaps come upon them. Well, Eric, that's the first and second rule. That's it. You cannot besmirch, damage, harm, not reconcile to what God has blessed. And if you curse it, if you try to do things outside of it, God is not mocked. You will reap what you sowed. This is not just a truth. It's a warning. It's for Christians to really understand Stop leaning into the flesh. Let love do its work. I didn't believe in it until this year. I wish I was lying about that. But I couldn't grasp love this year until I started to miss my wife. Of all the things I want to hold and be like, this, I wish to, none of that matters anymore. I miss my father. Of all the things he, none of that matters anymore. My brother, I miss my brother. I miss my nephew. I miss my mom. I've never been able to just hug my mom with pure love, with no one, tell her if I love her, and then ask her for something. I've never really lived self-sufficient Leaning on God a hundred percent. I've always had someone that I was leaning on because that was easy. I prayed God, can I work with my hands, live a quiet life, and owe nobody? That is a desire for me. That's spiritual. Which means also, I got to love, and now I have the capacity to love... And when I want to, man, remember when they, it's not important anymore. I don't have anything to stand on to say, yeah, they did this wrong. I don't have, it's not cool anymore. It's not, it, it hurts me. And I got to be honest, and a lot of it came by the way of literally 
and everything hope you've got to start trusting God and listening when he says let's make this work let's do this God man it always hits a wall you keep hitting the Lord is very good when he says what are you what if you keep knocking what I'll answer so I'm sitting there knocking I want this to be done this way Lord father you said you are a healer you father you said you keep knocking no one ever said that that door is not going to open. No one can take that hope from me. Nobody. There ain't a soul on this earth. In spiritual realm or otherwise. That will take that hope of God. To heal the souls of man through Christ. Nobody can take that. And I guarantee. There's, go, per, there's a permanent war to try to stop it. And I got to fight against it every day. And I am no different than any of my brothers and sisters. We all blow the same horn. I will not. I will not. I will fight. I will trust God. I will do whatever I got to do. I will keep the faith. And it gets harder as you get closer. Because that flesh is also knocking. And the problem is we still live in that house. We still live in that house. So I love you very much. I didn't get to see I don't I didn't get to see comments. I really didn't think there was gonna be too much because I started really late. But um it, it's important. Uh, at one point I gotta be honest, I actually wondered if I should even do um uh, the live Bible study sometimes. So I'm wondering like who is it for? Like is it really something because you know on your YouTube channel, views are important. You're right? But as a Christian, it's not how many, but who. So if it only gets two, that's two who heard. That's all it needs. It only takes one to move God to stand up and say, Lord, I love it. Come on home, son. Come on home, daughter. It Just one. They always see our history. If you impact one person a day, that's all God, that's all God asked for. You know, I talked to this that guy, Anthony or Andrew Carter, whatever. I remember we had a conversation. And he goes, Man, I've saved thousands of people. Oh, hey. All right, brother. I ain't saved a soul. I I just I do look, I don't even know the outcome of someone's soul, and I am so glad I don't. Because I can't hold that kind of information. Because knowing me, if God says, Eric, without a shadow of a doubt, your daughter's saved. And my daughter does something crooked and nasty and do something that offends me. Why would, did you think I would use that information and say, God told me on good authority, you ain't saved. Knowing me and that old nature, I'd say it. And I've said much worse, to be honest, to, to, my, to my family. So for me to sit here and have hope that God reconciles, that's not foolishness. I've been told that. It's like, oh, man, that's just pointless. You need to move it on and do something different. I can say with love, kick rocks. You will never move me from the promises of God because every time I've asked, he's answered. Well, Eric, did he tell you to stand firm? Absolutely. And you know what? Feet on the ground, that kind of hurt a little bit. <laughs> kind of hurt. But yeah, I stand firm. What can I lose? Nothing. What can I gain? Everything. So love you very much. I look at the comments. Um, I hope you guys are amazing. 
hope you guys know that you're uh, amazing. Oh, there's Hairline. There's my man. Oh, I didn't get to see. I love his, <laughs> his hairline, man. That hairline, brother. Woo. Uh, Armando, good to see you, bro. I see you, man. Uh, sorry I got here late. I'm going to end the podcast real quick. Guys, thank you so much for being part of the podcast. I love you very much. I'll see you guys soon. If there's anything left that you want to come check out on, definitely you can look. It's supposed to have to be the hour 40 plus minute mark. So go ahead and tune in to the YouTube channel. I love you very much, guys. I'll see you guys soon. In Jesus' name, amen.